Veronica. Hey, Sarah. And hey, everybody who's listening. We're back with another episode of Thickest Thieves. And we are in the studio in Nashville. Yay. Yay. Where we belong. Exactly. So, just a little reminder, the reason that we're emphasizing the fact that we're in the studio in Nashville is because I don't live in Nashville anymore. I live in New Orleans. Love that place, but don't have a studio there. So, we've been... Um, we're recording some sessions while we're both in town for the holidays, and then uh, we'll be resuming some sessions from afar. Transatlantic <laughs> communication, even though. The giant ocean between yeah. Nashville and New Orleans. Because <laughs> New Orleans is actually in Europe. And, um, yeah. Right. It does kind of feel like it's in Europe, though. It does. Yeah, there is this place called the End of the World, and mm-hmm. there is this place called Music Box Village that is near it. And how, do you, how would you describe the end of the world? So the end of the world is called that because it's just sort of a bit of land that no one owns in New Orleans. It's sort of like where the Mississippi River intersects with an industrial canal. And then there's just like this big park next to an abandoned building covered with graffiti. And you just kind (laughs) of go out there and it has this feel to it that just feels very end of the Mm world-ish in a nice way. Apocalyptic, but not so scary. Yeah, kind of nice. Kind of scary, kind of not. Depends on what the weather's like that day. Mm-hmm. When I took you there, you're wearing like these really nice little metallic sandals oh that got covered in mud. I got so mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, this is the 2019, the year of Sarah getting mad at Veronica. <laughs> um, well, I just wasn't warned that we were going to go slogging through a like I didn't mud. Know. It was so muddy and we walked for miles. This is like takes me back to Bear Mountain. We like go hiking up a mountain and, <laughs> and there's bears. Every time I looked at Sarah, she it. like looked like she wanted to kill me. <laughs> I would look behind me at her and she was just like death, death, death upon Veronica. <laughs> bears were everywhere. Um, um, so we yeah, so we went to the end of the world during one visit of mine to New Orleans. And then the most recent time I went down there, but there was this place called Music box village is that what yeah. it's called music music box village is like next to the end of the world oh my god it was one of the most magical places yeah. i've ever been to it's amazing i don't even know how to describe it to people it's like a i don't know it's it's yeah try it sucks all right <laughs> it's as if like some tinkerer some like artist tinkerer made a giant park or like fun house that you can play music in tree houses that are s- instruments. <laughs> I bet so hard. I, I bet Music Box Village is going to take that and quote you on it in their uh, like press packages that they send people. <laughs> Look, okay, I'm googling this right now. What does music? How do they describe themselves? Yeah, let's. How how do they do it? Music Box Village. Okay, we're going to read their own description because obviously other people. I liked. Say. I like your use of the word tinkerer. Well, because it it kind of is that way. It does feel like you're in a tinkered, the world created by a tinkerer. Let's see. Okay. Music Box Village is a place where play, imagination, experimentation, collaboration, community, and hard work come together as a whimsical village of artist-made interactive musical houses, Hmm. which are like, they're kind of like tree houses or something. I like your description more. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Mine was a lot more eloquent. Yours is a lot more like not taking it into a cheesy Hallmark zone. Yeah. That one's like play. That one's like written for grants, you know. Yeah, like that's totally. like they're trying to describe okay, fine. it away. Person that wrote that, sorry, you did what you had to do. Yeah, you did you did your job. Well, anyways, for anyone who is taking a trip to New Orleans, please, please, please go 
visit this magic. Yeah, support them so that it can continue to exist because it's so it's, cool. it's a cool space, and I I'm, I think they are completely dependent on like grants and stuff. Yeah, and if you are a percussionist in any way, shape, or form, this place is like a magical dreamland. Oh yeah. So, even if you're not one, even if you're not one, you can go and annoy the hell out of everybody by playing the percussion stuff that's in there. You know what we're gonna do, everybody? We're gonna post a little video of us playing in this magical, mm. playful, whimsical space. All right. That's what so. We'll do. When this episode comes out, we'll post some of those videos. One of them is of us playing the elevator, the elevator house, the elevator house, no. which is it's kind of scary in there, kinda but it was scary. my favorite one. It was very cool. Okay. So I feel like that's a pretty good update on. Something art art related. Oh, I want to. Can I give a little news update? Uh, Two papers recently came out on the use of AI to solve specific problems in art analysis. You can like look at a painting like Picasso's old guitarist. Mm-hmm. Say there's that one, and through X-ray and infrared analysis, you can. And this was already. You could already do this. You could see what was painted before the guitarist. Like you can look through all the layers of paintings to see what is underneath it the very first one he maybe did wow which is in that so you can really see the process yeah you can see the process what was there before the whole past the like actual palimpsest which is usually used to refer to words being layered over but Mm -hmm. i'm going to use it to talk about visual works so yeah it's about how neural networks can analyze the image at different scales and then recognize the way different edges and shapes work and they it's AI that can identify just by looking at these different layers, like, okay, this is a Da Vinci, this is a blah, 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 just using this like, machine that can study these layers. That's pretty incredible. So that will really kind of recreate them. That's a scary one. That's- I like the idea of being able to, you know, confirm whether something is done by an artist or not, because there are a lot of paintings out there that are still kind of unconfirmed as to whether or not... Um, it's actually done by that artist. And sometimes museums will have works of art that because they can't 100% verify the provenance of the artwork, mm-hmm. even though it's like 99% sure that it's by this artist, they can't show it because, yeah. because they can't like 100% say. So put the little bot on it yeah, <laughs> and it say, hey, bot, is this actually by Picasso? Yeah. Robots replacing art historians. Eesh. Robots are going to replace everything. The future. I know. It's, it's okay. That's why we got to do things that robots can't do. What? Which is like what? Um, yes. Like. Love. Love. Arguably and robots can love. I think there's some papers I think it has that. to do with complex thinking. Yeah. But like it, they can do calculated thinking, but when it, there's, there's a layer of complexity that only humans can do mm-hmm. and synthesis and I don't know. No, I'm, Never mind. I no no no. I'm with you. I'm like thinking about it, and I I feel like there are some things that humans are just gonna be better at. Like I can't ever imagine robots ever getting good at sex. No, they like, can do it, and like, they can facilitate it, but they'll they'll never be good at it. I mean, what I, and what I mean is two robots having sex with each other. Mm-hmm. They'll not be able to experience that the way two humans or animals or whatever can experience it. I'm just right. saying that robots. Of the future, mm-hmm. making that argument right now. <laughs> We're having better sex than you are. Yeah, and always will, forever. <laughs> Goodbye. Done. Yeah. Okay. Drop the mic. Okay, back to art. <laughs> so, yeah. But that could be very enlightening to us understanding how art 
was made back then and, you know, just understanding more about the process Mm -hmm. of, you know, how these artists pulled off some of the things they did. Because if you have artists like Velasquez and stuff, I mean, those paintings, you're just like, man, how did this dude actually make something so beautiful? Or this lady. Or lady, sorry. Oh, no. Well, I was referring to Velasquez. Right, okay, There are plenty of female painters who also did beautiful work. Um, well, according to Linda Nochlin, there are no great female artists. What? Just kidding. That's just the title of her amazing essay that's about feminist art. Well, that's a great segue into what we're talking about today. We are talking about Marina Abramovich. We're going to talk about a moment that she had last year in 2018. This is an art crime. It's I, haven't an been, I haven't been keeping up with her lately, so this is going to be a good uh, refresher. Okay. Well, something happened that when I heard it, I read about it when it happened, and I was so perplexed, I couldn't understand sort of what went on, and I never actually went back and followed up. So when I was thinking about stuff that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, this was one of the first things that entered my mind, because I just wanted to know what happened, like Mm. what actually happened. Well, do we want to talk about who Marina is? We should, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So she is a performance artist, a Serbian. Uh, she's from Belgrade and she does all sorts of interactive performance and video work. And, you know, she started off as a painter, but she's not known for any of that at all. Uh, I haven't seen any <laughs> of her paintings. I mean, usually her actual body is a part of every work she does. Yes. Everything is about the body and she's... A lot of the things are kind of put herself in danger a little bit mm-hmm. um, to some degree. Um, like, for instance, there's there's one performance work that she did that, you know, there are all these objects on a table. And she this was when she was in her like early 20s, I think. Um, but there, you know, all, she's at the table. There are all these objects on the table. Some are for pain, some are for or some are for pleasure. So meaning like mm-hmm. there's a rose, there's a shoe, there's a pistol there's a razor blade there's you know th- th- it's just a an array of um harmless things and then dangerous things and so she invites everybody to use the objects on her she mm-hmm. said i i will you can use these objects on me in whatever way you want for you know she had a time period i don't know i think it was like six hours or something but she just said like i will be responsible for everything that happens from this point on like you can do whatever you want which is a pretty bold move. Yeah, so people start pretty chill to begin with, but then like she got cut and you know, they were they were doing all sorts of stuff. It got real weird. So she got she, cut. She got cut. Bitch mm-hmm. got cut. <laughs> um, so she does things like that. What are some other works? Um, you know, I so I'm going to go out I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm not like crazy about her, mm-hmm. but I I I never get bored of like learning stuff about her either. Um, I mean, she's really well known for the work at MoMA from whatever year it was. Was it 2009? Mm-hmm. Um, the artist is present where yep. she just sat in a room at, at the museum for what? A month or something? I think it was like 736 hours or something. Right. I don't know why. Course. I'm throwing that number out. That may or may not be true, Let's but that's just in my head. Decide that is the number. <laughs> and um, And then people would line up and then just sit across from her and she just would stare at 
whoever that person was with no expression. Yeah, it was just like making eye contact. And I guess, I mean, it was supposed to be about like vulnerability and human connection and just taking a moment to slow down and acknowledge one another and have a moment. Yeah, I lived in New York when that was up. And I remember I didn't line up, but I would go check out the what was happening because you could kind of mm-hmm. go just as like a spectator and watch her staring at somebody. And there's like a built in toilet underneath her. So she could just... I didn't know about that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she could just do whatever while she was sitting could you there. Imagine if she was like taking a shit, taking a shit while you were looking at her in the eyes. Have you ever dead stared somebody who's <laughs> taking a shit? That's weird. I haven't done that before. <laughs> like Maybe when I was a baby. <laughs> Probably when I was a baby. It's kind of interesting Weird. to think that we're born in this world. And like one of the first things that we engage in <laughs> in terms of like an activity with another human is that our shit is just getting cleaned up for us <laughs> for months, true. you know, mm-hmm. or for a year or something yeah. or more. And yeah. then and then we're all weird about it when we become adult. Anyway, <laughs> not Abramovich. She's going to sit there and shit She's... while staring at you. And that and so this also created the whole so I feel like that performance um, at MoMA happened and it was a big deal when it happened. And then it had this resurgence when, did you listen to that How It Became the Bomb song? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how so at this performance, um, Marina's longtime boyfriend slash artist partner, his name was Ule. Oh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> her the beginning of her career, they did work together a lot Mm -hmm. and they did really great work is very i mean there was a lot of really cool shit that they did they broke up they had a very dramatic breakup well kind of a cool one i mean it was cool yeah it was it was a perform i mean they made it they turned it into a performance what was it like they walked across i actually know a lot about this oh yeah (laughs) i wrote wrote a story about it um yeah they uh they decided we're gonna break up and Mm -hmm. after well i guess that wasn't their plan when they got started as a artist couple but their breakup Hopefully ceremony. they were a little more optimistic. <laughs> right. <than that. laughs> they were. They were going to get married. But mm-hmm. um, instead, when they broke up, they both started from opposite ends of the Great Wall of China and walked towards each other until they met in the middle to then hug each other and then part ways. It, so they both had to walk a lot for mm-hmm. three months each. I read a biography of this whole situation, and I think she was pretty hardcore about it and stuck to walking I believe he would sometimes get picked up by a car, <laughs> go hang out, drink wine somewhere, and then like get uh-huh. dropped off a little like down the the Great Wall a bit. Like, gotcha. That's what I understand. But he he made it. He made it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the world may I never think that know. Tells you something about their relationship for sure. Yeah. He was cutting corners. Yeah, and she was not. Yeah. Okay, she so, was cutting other shit though. Yeah. <laughs> so at the performance at MoMA, so their breakup. When was that breakup? When was the Great Wall of China thing? Was it like I in, think that was in the nineties. Okay, it was in the nineties, and they basically cut off communication and did not really uh, see one another after. Like that was a very final. It was like a full stop breakup. Right. And he got sick, and all this stuff happened. But at her performance at MoMA. He got in line, and she did not know that he was in line. Oh, yeah. And he sits down. So the thing was, like, anyone can get in line, and you go and you sit there for a minute or just however long you want. You can stay there for a while. Yeah, however however long you want it. And I think there was a signal where, like, you put your head down or something when you're ready to go, or she does. Well, there's this moment, and it's captured on video, 
where Ule comes and sits in front of her at this performance. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the... If, if you don't, if this doesn't pull at your heartstrings, like you are not a human because it is so intense. Mm-hmm. And she starts crying and like they like grab each other's hands. And it is just one of the most like, I don't know, it's not necessarily romantic, but maybe it, I don't know what it is. It's just, it. It's so emotional. I think it's in the documentary that was made about it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 an intense moment. So if you watch a video of it online, like you'll see. Just look it up if you want to cry. And so how this Nashville band, How it Became the Bomb, wrote a song called Ule. And it's in the video, like the song is set to this video and it's great. Like the song, I love the song and like the fact that it's it's about this whole moment. And it's a Nashville band? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it's great. Cool. So if we'll listen to it. Yeah. We'll listen to it after this. Okay. That song got really popular, so it kind of made that whole video. So when I gave like it a grandma and I'm like, why am I out of the loop? <laughs> <laughs> it it uh it gave um that video in that moment another little push in the popular sphere. All right. Anyways, so everyone just go listen to that song and watch that video. If you want to cry. If you want to cry. I think it's, yeah, it's on YouTube. You can find it. You're a big girl. You can find it. Um, okay. So, we've talked about who Marina Abramovich. So now you get Abramovich, a sense of performance artist. Yeah. So, that's that's her realm. Mm-hmm. Well, in, 20, in September of 2018, she is in the Palazzo Strazzi in Florence, Italy. Mm-hmm. And they are, uh, this place is doing a, it's, I think maybe her first retrospective, like huge retrospective of her work, maybe the first in Italy or something. But um, it's a big moment, big day. And she's there for that. She's walking around and everyone's filming because like she's being escorted kind of through a crowd and it's her retrospective. So it's a big moment. And this guy comes up to her and... She's 71 years old. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look um, it. But, like, this is a 71-year-old artist. And this young guy, young, he's, I don't know, he's middle-aged. But he comes up to her, and he's got this painting in his hand. And it's a portrait of her, and it's kind of like a... Did he paint it? Yes. And it's it's, it's sort of a disfigure, or not, not really dis- distorted, mm. um, but it's a portrait of her. And he walks in front of her, and she smiles... Because she thinks that it's a gift, you know, like he, he he approaches her like it's a gift and he's holding it. And it's probably, I would say, maybe like 24 by 36. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a sizable um, painting. And he comes up to her and she smiles and he stands in front of her and then he just lifts it above their, her head and just smashes it on her head. And the frame goes around her body. Does it, and it rips? Yes, it rips. So it, it in the end, so it's a paper portrait. Okay, yeah. Um, you can't really tell that from the video or anything, but it's but it's actually made of some type of heavy paper. Um, so there are numerous videos of this from like all angles, and so if you look it up online, it's really startling. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Okay. Because I've actually never watched it before. Okay. All right. So this is one. This is one angle of it. Is he naked? No, he's not naked. Wait, can I look more? Yeah. That one didn't really capture the moment. But I do get a sense of the, the ruckus. Everyone was super shocked. It's It was a crazy moment. I mean, it was just like, 
it was so rude and mean and like aggressive and like everyone just kind of freaks out and he the guy like um tumbles onto the floor and the museum guards like wrestle him down and they they have to like remove the frame from like marina's body they how have does to, like, she seem she's just in shock so she doesn't like freak out she she's just standing there i think she's just trying to process like what the fuck just happened to me mm-hmm. um which is interesting because you would think she'd be ready for anything. You would think. But, I mean, how can you be ready for that? Right. Especially when you think it's about to be a nice gesture and that happens. I mean, I just can't imagine ever ever feeling, like, braced for that. Right. Braced for somebody, like, in a, in a moment of celebration where feeling, like, maybe kind of in the spotlight. Yeah. Um. For someone to kind of have the... Yeah, I definitely never wake up in the morning and think, I need to prepare for anything, including a painting being, like, being assaulted by a painting of me. Yeah, because it's very violent. I mean, the sound of it, like, you can hear this, like, boof. And it yeah. just, like, goes down on her head and everyone's around. Um, and I just think it's it's really creepy. Especially in, like, the way things are with crowds these days. With, like, totally. sudden acts like that, which tend to lead to like really tragic events so when that happens like i think our first mode is wait we need to brace ourselves for the ultimate worst thing ever right Um, yeah and i think it's just another one of those things of like yeah crowds are really scary mm -hmm. oh here's another here's another view can we call this episode crowds are really scary (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay whoa that's him getting taken down Whoa, she's pretty chill. Yeah, she's pretty chill. Wait, are they bleeping out because everyone's saying, like, fucking Italian? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That's Um, hilarious. Okay, so there are a bunch of different angles because so many people are filming her walking. So you can, like, kind of look at it from all these different ways. And um, I've watched... I feel like I've watched every angle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But... So that happened, and I remember hearing about it when it happened because I was just like, "Damn, like that sucks." It just where was I? How did I miss out on this? I twenty eighteen. There are parts of that year where I was just like in a fugue state. (laughs) (laughs) We won't talk about twenty eighteen. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. I just I just remember hearing about it, and I just thought that it was such a dick move. Mm -hmm. Um, But so what's interesting is that so her reaction I think is really compelling she just wanted to talk to him so immediately she's just like where is he i want to know why he did this like i, I just want to know like i think she was immediately went into intrigue yeah. of not not defensiveness not like anger not vengeance she wanted to understand what yeah. just happened to her that sounds like the marina i know totally mm-hmm. so she's like this act of violence has happened and i all i want to know is you know why yeah um and she's quoted in the new york times you know saying that she has compassion for him and that yeah she really just wanted to does she get to talk to him yeah so she ends up going up to him and asking him um why he did it and you know what his answer was i did it for my art Ugh. so well, how did she respond it, to that? She well, I don't she really know how eyes? she probably. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. Um, so that was his big. Uh, do we even? And I've realized you haven't said his name, and it's like, do we even bother? Well, yeah. His okay, name? so okay. His, his name is also. Uh, so he's a 51 year old Czech artist, or was at the time. So I guess he's 52 or whatever now. Um, his name is Václav Pishvet. 
and it's a very Czech name. <laughs> um, and I Googled how to say it. Good job. Yeah, I got the really pronunciation, good. and I. That's said, what we look, need. Do to you want to see my notes? Doing. Look. Oh my goodness, everybody. Václav Pishvate. <laughs> she wrote it out in her own phonetic. It spelling. doesn't look like that. It looks like Václav. We need to. This is something we need to do. I'm going to follow your example because we have to pronounce a lot of names that we don't know how to pronounce, and then I will take responsibility for like butchering a lot of names. And I'm sorry. I need. I need to do this. But the reason why I tried real hard is because his last name is spelled P I S V E J C, (laughs) and so J C is not a thing that I could even butcher. So I don't even know how to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, anyways, okay. So that's so that's the dude, and so when I read about that, I became uh, very curious mm. about what his deal was. So he said he did it for his art, and she was pretty cool that she did not press charges. Yeah, and I think that she saw it as kind of a performance, and it's you know I think she just she's sort like of he's trying, it. he's trying, and she is well aware of the audience interaction with her her work all of it and so i don't think she was super offended Mm -hmm. i think she was kind of like all right that's a thing that happened and you know and she's probably like he's trying to be me he's not really getting there but yeah and she wasn't hurt so that's another i mean not that that is okay but she wasn't hurt she wasn't like super injured by it you know she wasn't bleeding she didn't have any like bruises and so that's a plus. There was no glass. You know, it wasn't like a... Oof, that would have been bad. I know. Could you... Well, because when I heard about it, that she got a painting smashed over her head, I was thinking a canvas painting. Yeah, which like, is really hard to rip through. It's hard to rip through, and it would... That would hurt so bad. So that's what I thought it was. But when I researched it further, it was a paper portrait. Yeah. But still, still, it's terrible. Um, so this guy is apparently... So in one of the videos, you can hear someone saying... Um, who is that? Like, as he's being, like, wrestled to the ground, someone's like, who is that? And someone responds, like, he's a, he's a guy who tries to make trouble at all the exhibits. Oh. So this is a guy who has a history of being a little punk. Mm. And it's part of his whole thing. And I really feel conflicted about this because while I like um, people who try and shake up the status quo and cause, you know, kind of do but- things that are challenging the system and all this stuff i don't like this thing i don't like the idea of assaulting somebody or hurting somebody like if you're doing something that doesn't hurt another person or doesn't go into their personal space all right like go do whatever you want to do but when you start hurting somebody that's not cool i don't like that at all So so he's done this with other artists so his past um little shenanigans so one included um like laying on a pile of money outside of an exhibition. He's like naked, laying on a pile of money on the street in front of an exhibition, holding one of his paintings. Also, let's talk about Václav's artwork. Oh, is it? Did I say it right? Sure. I'm looking at Václav, yeah. Okay, so Václav's artwork, his paintings and portraits, they're like a weird ripoff mesh of Francis Bacon and de Kooning. Hmm. So they're like portraits where a face is all like gnarled and looking weird and it's a total yeah like derivative just kind of sort of copying like he has so I went and found him on um 
you know, there's a like Saatchi art. Thing oh, where, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Anyone can kind of like put their work up, I think. But so he has a bunch of paintings up there and he has a blog and I went, I read his stupid blog. Like I'm like feeling the pain of you going down a rabbit hole on this guy. (laughs) Well, it just confirmed the fact that I think this dude is super annoying Mm -hmm. and is like such a wannabe and is trying to get attention. It's like he's trying to get attention for being an artist by doing everything except making good art. (laughs) You know, his paintings suck. He's pissed off that no one like likes his artwork and no one's paying him money for his like shitty paintings so he's gonna go like um just ruin try and ruin and or make fun of and or bitch about the artists that have succeeded Mm. and that's just kind of coming from a petty place to me oh yeah a little bit i just a lot yeah i mean it's like a musician who writes really shitty songs and just goes and tries to disrupt the performances of people who are making it. And yeah. Who are, you know, it's like, why do, like, just focus on yourself, make better work, like, try harder in your own, you know, to yeah, become or a better artist. don't be an artist. Or just don't be an artist and right. go do something else. Go be a chef or whatever. <laughs> go be a chef. <laughs> <laughs> As if that's, like, what, like, a failed career. I don't know. No, no offense to any chef out there. is badass. I was just trying to think of a different thing that you could do if you have a creative sensibility I feel like um, I feel like chefs are have like a creative. Yeah, but they're side. like chefs who do a good job. Man, that's a work of art. It is a work of art. Yeah, and um, that's what I'm saying though. It's like, if but you, he could go if work at like Applebee's. Painter, go you know? fucking work at Applebee's. He could go dude. work at Applebee's and be in charge <laughs> of the design of the layout of mm-hmm. like the chicken breast on the tortilla <laughs> chips or whatever. Like, you know, so. <laughs> Go do that. Does Applebee's put chicken breasts I, on tortillas? When I imagine the food, their food, on tortilla that's chips? what I imagine. I'm imagining like a totally beige plate with just like an unsauced, unseasoned grilled chicken breast on top of a bed of white corn tortilla chips. That's the that's what I was picturing too. And that's, <laughs> that's what Applebee's. I, I think that's the kind of chef work he could do. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. I think you're correct. Yeah. No, no offense to anyone who works at Applebee's. I'm just saying, you know, like... <laughs> Dude, go find something that works for, yeah. for you where you can actually kind of like there's a reciprocal process going on. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with this. Just like being a charlatan, like sourpuss. He's being a little he's bitch. wasting space and energy. But I guess this is the most famous act of whatever little bitchness he's mm-hmm. achieved because, I mean, everyone was broadcasting it. So what happens after that? After you do that and... And then the artist is actually interested in asking you about it, and you come back with your really lame answer, so it's super anticlimactic. But then what? I mean, it's it was very anticlimactic, and because she didn't press charges, it just disappeared. So he didn't mm-hmm. have. I mean, he did not face any kind of punishment. He just got to live with the, which I think is smart on her part. I think it is. Why too. drag it out? Why make it more than what I it think is? it is too. Yeah, and it elevates her in terms of being like the bigger person in that moment because she, it's like she understands that this was nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, like, no, you didn't commit some big act. Like this wasn't a big performance thing. She just like brushes it off her shoulder. Like, all right, dude, you know, that was ridiculous. And I'm just going to go about my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So she said in the, in the times in the past, in this New York times article in the past, I would have been angered by something like this today. I feel compassion. So, I mean, I think she just looked at him probably as a little dude who's just trying to get some attention wherever he can. Yeah, she feels bad for him. Yeah. And she, you know, she said, uh, you don't make art through violence against others. I was also young. I was also not a famous artist at one point, but I never hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. Which is totally true. Like, I mean, 
do whatever performance, whatever crazy stuff. Or if you, I understand too, sometimes an act of vandalism to make a point. I get that. But there, I really think the line is drawn by if you like hurt somebody. Yeah. I really don't think that that's ever meaningful or cool or nope. I mean, someone might argue against that. Go for it person yeah but i really don't i just don't that see would make how. that argument yeah yeah i really don't think so either so he also so um in addition to the laying down laying nude on a pile of money um on a sidewalk he also spray painted on this earth fisher oh yeah that guy thing <laughs> it's it's uh a big statue called big clay mm-hmm. in the piazza della signoria I don't know if that's how you say it. Does mm-hmm. that sound Italian to you? It does. I like your pronunciation. Piazza <laughs> Um So he painted... Does that mean Plaza of Woman? Signoria Woman? Uh, in it's not Spanish. Like oh, I don't know. Signora is woman in Spanish. Yeah, I know that. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Back to Earth Fisher. <laughs> so it's... What's the sculpture of? Um... Well, so he just walks up to it and spray paints a red circle. It's just like a red oval. It's just an ugly, dumb, like, filled-in red oval on this, like, public sculpture. And it's just so annoying. This guy is kind of, like, my least favorite kind of person. I know. Yeah. Like, that person that you have to deal with that's like, ugh, okay. Yeah, and he was caught in the act. It happened at 8 a.m. Police caught him doing it. He's not even a good criminal. Like, he doesn't even, like, Mm -hmm. he just gets caught for this stuff. And I think he wants to get caught. You know, he's that type of, like, I need to be doing something that gets noticed. Yeah. Um, So he tried to do that, and I just... Was that after? Yeah, that was after. And so he continues to try and do this stuff, which I just think people need to be on the lookout for this dude. And so I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think that giving someone, like, I guess, attention for doing something like this is enabling or making the problem worse? Yeah. You do? Yes. Because I guess the counter argument would also be, like, if we don't talk about it and if you don't, like, make it known of what a, like, dickish move this was, then people will keep doing it. So I don't know. I don't know if it's better to just like not report on this and like just let it go away, or if you hmm. do. I mean, I'm glad we're doing a podcast episode about it because we usually we're like kind of impressed with the people that are committing these art crimes. But here's a case where it's kind of a pathetic person, and um, yeah. I I do feel that when people give more attention to these types, then it elevates their self worth in that act that they are committing, and so that becomes their thing that becomes their shtick mm-hmm. and um you know so she was smart in not pressing charges she's just kind of like okay let's not inflate this right because if it, if she would have and it would have gone to trial or something you know yeah. that would that would have just probably fed into his mm-hmm. um just narcissist dumb stuff basically of- like if trump was an artist he'd be this guy totally right yeah, yeah. like not actually doing anything real and just making everyone mad yeah and then being like wah about it afterwards and you know slamming his fists on the table so to speak like a little baby yeah and Vatslav has not 
he is not a famous person. No, like I'm looking at his Twitter right now. So he has like a Twitter account. And Does he, he has... tweet in English? No, he tweets in Italian. But you can translate the page. Oh, right, right, right. Which I've had to do for all of this is like mm-hmm. translate entire page. Um, so he's got fifty five followers. Mm-hmm. He's like no one gives a shit about him, right? Which it makes me happy. It makes me happy that like he's not getting much attention. Right, for all this stuff. I mean, there's a part of me in our bashing of him that I stand behind, like the fact that we don't like him. But there's a part of me that feels sad for him, for sure, in thinking, like, oh, he must have a really lonely life. Um, he probably, yeah. I'm sure, he d- I doubt he has any friends, because who's really going to He's kind of like a Joker type. Totally. Right. I mean, Joker yeah. like the Joker, Batman. Right, but, yeah. like, unsuccessful Joker. Like, not even as cool. Like, not I mean, good style was and Joker successful? I mean, eventually he was, right? But um, Well, based on the new Joker movie, I mean, successful in that, like... But it took a he, while. He caused a lot of public damage yeah that movie's great by the way have you seen it have oh you seen I, the new joker i did yeah i have some criticisms oh do you want to talk about it oh uh, we don't have to hold on let me think um because i do keep thinking about the joker while you're telling me about this guy and there were so many interesting components of the narrative of that but there were other aspects of it that i thought were like way over the top and kind of like well flash something that i really liked about it in terms of like offering some sort of insight i like that they went the mental health route of like people someone doing this much damage like is really dealing with some stuff you know could be dealing with a lot of like various mental health issues that Mm -hmm. like aren't able to be treated or he's gone under like i just thought it was a really interesting approach to offering some kind of like deeper level of like who is this villain why is this person a villain like yeah, what's going on? Like, what are the underlying issues? Instead of just like, oh, this is just a dude who was born evil, right? You know, it's like this is a person who had like a traumatic childhood and, yeah. and had like these uh, mental health issues that he couldn't get, you know, proper treatment for, and that resulted in him doing all this stuff. I think that's an interesting and poignant like narrative to tell. No, yeah, teasing out the complexity of like, what would otherwise be looked at as just a one-sided character is. Something I'm a big fan of, for sure. And I think that they did a good job of that, but there were some things that were a little over the top and a little bit, like, too Hollywood-y, Hollywoody for me. But I, I'm i also kind of influenced by the fact that I watched it with someone who right afterwards, like, went straight into bashing it mm. and was making really good points. And so then I was like, I will be honest, it was one of those experiences where I walk out and I'm like, actually, that was pretty good for, like, a mainstream movie. And then this person's just like, bam, bam, bam. And I'm like oh, yeah, you're making good points. Like, it was Mm -hmm. almost like it appealed to a side of me that initially it appealed to a side of me that was like, oh, I'm. it's fun being impressed by something that I was expecting not to be impressed by. And then the person I'm with who's normally impressed with more blockbustery things, intellectually, like, tearing it apart, I was like, okay, hold on. Like, I'm going (laughs) to, like, I want to be doing that. So I'm just going to kind of, like, let you influence me a bit more. It was interesting. It was like, I would like to watch it again and then not have that person with me right afterwards <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but it, I wouldn't saw it with Julia Martin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, like, invited me out. It was, like, a, it was like a Sunday afternoon at, like, 1 p.m. And she was just like, hey, do you want to go see The Joker with me? I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, I do. <laughs> and we went. So we really liked it. Yeah. You know that I watched it, at, like, at a 
like a matinee screening. It was like at 1030 in the morning at a theater in New Orleans. And <laughs> I'm like, a weird movie to be like seen on a Sunday. <laughs> and I, it was just so bizarre. Well, we both saw it at like the sort of matinee hour. Daytime. Daytime. Yeah. Because I didn't want to spend like, regular movie price ticket. No way. On the Joker. Um, but, you know, so back to this guy. It's uh, what's his name again? The This prankster. This little prankster guy. Vatsov. Vatsov. You know, I feel like there's something about him that does make me feel sad. Yeah. And yeah. Sad think... in a way where I'm not pitting him. Sad in a way where I'm like, oh, there's got to be some backstory there with, you know, you becoming this way that, you know. He's just pathetic. He's just a pathetic little dude who is trying, like, just grasping at anything to be noticeable. Yeah. But then there's this, like, part of me like, that... Oh, like maybe sometimes he just needs someone to give him a hug now and like then. Maybe if he got a hug once a month, he would do <laughs> once less. Once a month? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he's not getting many hugs. Maybe that'll be my performance art is I get once a month, I go to Czech, Czechoslovakia and I. You mean go, the, the Czech Republic? Czech, or is it now known as like the former Czech Republic? Whatever. I feel like yeah. we're, I don't know, we're stuck in different ages. We can yeah. call it whatever we want. We're okay. not like in the modern age. We don't know how to use gifts or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're like. Mm. And when we say we, we mean. The, the two of us. <laughs> yeah. We're not bringing all of you into the No, way. yeah. It's just she and I, you know, sometimes we're like ancient people living, yeah. trying to trying to navigate the modern world. Part of our, <laughs> I feel like part of why we became friends is because like our brains are somewhat stuck in like the 19th century. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 100%. then we came into this century and we're like, what are we doing here? Let's be investigators that like art. <laughs> Boom. We're trying really hard, you guys. Yeah. To be- Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening to really us ramble it. our way through time because we don't know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. My new performance art is going to be traveling to... Okay, look. You're going go to listen to the Prague. Czech Republic every month and hug I'm gonna person? Say, yes. Okay. And I'm going to keep him from doing anything bad because he's going to get his monthly hug and it's going to be great. You'll and- just go into his little hovel where he's <laughs> drinking tea and you're going to hug him and then walk out? Yes. T or P. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hug him and I'm just going to be like, Václav, just chill out this month, please. Yeah. Like, you know, focus Can you on- learn how to say that in Czech? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. So I went to Prague and the Czech language is like so weird. Well, it's hard. To it's speak. really hard. There's no anchor in of English in it. You know, it's like not or what is it like romantic language or whatever. Right. So nothing looks Latin. like English words. You uh-huh. know, the, the, like. I feel like when I was in Italy or you go to Mexico City or you go somewhere, I don't know, the words are kind of like... Identifiable. Ma- yeah, you can make a connection. Um, in, yeah, no, that doesn't work in the Prague Czech world. In the, in the Czech, formerly Republic of Slovakia. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Czech. <laughs> um, yeah, so, whatever. I'm going to brave it for Václav and just to make sure that he, you know, just chills out and feels Good a little bit of love. You. And... Um, this is, you know, my one act of kindness that I'm going to deliver to him and it's going to save a lot of, um, grief. It's going to save him. some artists from their <laughs> multi-million dollar artworks getting Oh, he's graffitied. not done. Yeah. I mean, he's not done. He's going to be doing. It's not going to end this with yeah. Urs Fisher. No, he's going to keep going and he's going to slam some more paintings on people's heads. He's going to go destroy some stuff and he's going to continue to make bad artwork. Mm. And that's just unfortunate. So whatever and that's a crime do, in itself. It's a crime in itself. That's an art crime, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I think. Okay, here's a philosophical question. Oh boy. Do you, <laughs> no, do you think making artwork 
even if it's terrible, is worthwhile. Yeah. Okay. But depending on the reason you're making it for. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think so, too. I think if, like, it comes down to a person making something, making a lot of, like, really... I mean, I see plenty of children making horrible art, but I'm like, they're just expressing themselves. So that's cool. So you don't tell them? Yeah, I don't say that's really bad. <laughs> you get a pass if you're a kid, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, or I think of people who write really bad poetry, because there's a lot of those out there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? I appreciate that you're writing poetry, regardless of how good or bad it is. The fact that you're sitting down, writing your poems, and like, that's how you're living your life. That's awesome. Right. Same with paintings. It's just when they get upset at the response. Like if if they're mm-hmm. expecting a kind of response and they're not getting it and then the whole thing, everything they do is about that, which seems to be the case with this guy that we're talking about, then it's like, okay, this is causing you more grief than pleasure. And the whole point of doing it in the first place is that it's like an outlet or mm-hmm. it brings you some sort of pleasure. You're like reaching some higher plane by doing it. And if that's not happening and you're just doing it for the sake of adoration that you're not getting, then like look for something else to do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like, I mean, how many people have existed? How many artists and writers and filmmakers and all of it have like made what was perceived as really horrible art that made it their whole life. And then they die. And later, you know, 30 years later, 50 years later, people come back to it and they're just like, holy shit, this is great. Right. So make it and make your bad people art. Don't like it. Just know that maybe people will like it in 100 years when you're dead. <laughs> yeah, you won't know about it, but, you know. That's yeah. Fine. <laughs> it's always good to end a podcast episode on when you're dead. <laughs> people might like you when you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> just hang on to that. Just if if you're in despair, yeah. just hang on to the fact that people might like you when you're dead. Yeah, that's our message today, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks. Um, to our words of wisdom. Yeah. Our theme, theme song. <laughs> our theme song is by Patrick Dampier. And our, our artwork, our podcast artwork is done by Sas- Saskia Colgis. And you can follow us on the Instagram, if we can figure out how to use it because we're ancient. Yeah. Um, at the Casives Forever. Yeah, it's, it's an Instagram from the 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're like a vampire. Anyway. Um, and this podcast is brought to you <laughs> by We Own This we Town. We Own This Town. Oh. You gotta look I'm trying to pronounce it like it. Uh, Yeah, brought to you by We Own This Town, which is the greatest podcast network in the world. Yeah, I like how when Sarah says this, if it was in print, it would be like the greatest podcast network, long ass pause, like a paragraph (laughs) of pause, the world. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Please listen to other podcasts that are on this network. They're very cool, what they're doing, what they're talking about. It's fun to be a part of this little family. All the podcasts are on Spotify and Apple Music, wherever you find, wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Right. In our case, we get it from the ancient scrolls. <laughs> yeah, that's where we go find those. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Why are you looking? At, why do you have a look? Because it's just going on for a long time. <laughs> it's supposed to put us in the mood. Okay.